0: Challenging, thought-provoking, insightful, this is God in Country, the collision of faith and politics, hosted by nationally known speaker, Reverend Dr. Sean Michael Greener. Not your typical Rev. Dr. Sean is a proud military veteran, former law enforcement officer, uh, and founder of the internationally regarded executive protection team. Through counseling, elite life coaching, and national speaking, this ninja pastor tells it like it is. This series is biblically and politically engaged with the pedal to the metal. With today's edition of God in Country, here is host and author of the acclaimed yet controversial book, Excellence Killed the Church, How Mediocrity is Destroying America. Dr. Sean Michael Greener
1: Hey America, this is Dr. Sean, otherwise known as the Ninja Pastor. We are uh, we're live here. We're about to do the Pledge of Allegiance and then I will go on immediately after I'm introduced. So we're live here in Dover, Delaware. Hey doing, brother, good to see you man. Ah, oh, my pleasure. So we're going to stand and do the pledge and then we're going to do a prayer. To the flag of the United States of America and to the Republic for which it stands, one nation, under God, individual, with liberty and justice for all. Okay, every day, every week. Do we take one step ahead every day, and we ask that you all of our and our work? Or we ask that you protect our country pray for our leaders. We ask that you impart upon them your holy, ghost, and your wisdom. We ask all these things in Christ's name. Amen. 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 Hey, Karen, can they shut that music off? Yeah, you Because you don't want me to start doing yeah, this they? while I'm speaking. Awesome. And I'm going to introduce you, to Awesome. That'll be perfect. Okay. Um, How you doing, man? All right. Um, You're we're facing gonna, with a uh, spokesword. I'm getting announced. Hey, no worries. I can get it. See if that helps. Yep. Uh, Not just your speaker, but I'm your sound technician. Okay. okay. So, most of you have <laughs> with Sean Greener. Um, he is the name of the pastor. So, but we're happy to have him here. He's back and so much more. Uh, we're, we're happy to have him back because his area of expertise this is exactly what we're all concerned about night. We're going to start with um, Sharia Law in America. It is time it here, and we want you to welcome our expert, Dr. Sean Greener. Thank you. I appreciate it, Karen. I appreciate it. Hey, anybody never hear me speak before? Yes, you, you've you heard me speak before. Who has not, who's never heard me speak? Okay, people who are near people who have never heard me speak, pat them a little bit when they start to look like they're afraid or in great fear or whatever, uh, or maybe get a little nervous, it'll be okay. We're going to get through it. And if you wouldn't mind, pass this down. I don't have enough. I gave a bunch out earlier. Appreciate that. Who in here knows I do a national radio show uh, every week, and we do uh, we do a like a church service on Sundays? Who's listening to that? Awesome. Awesome. I'm really excited about that. Then on Wednesdays, normally four to six, but tomorrow's gonna to be three to five. We're gonna do a little earlier. We have some stuff we have to do after, so we bumped it ahead a little bit. But it's gonna be a fun show. Anybody ever hear of Sebastian Gorka? Dr. Sebastian Gorka. What I want you to do is I want you to remember that name, but I want you to remember NinjaPastor.com. You go to NinjaPastor.com and the show that I did with Dr. Gorka, you know, he was supposed to be on for twelve minutes. He agreed to twelve minutes. He ended up being on uh-oh. He ended up being on uh, what forty, forty-two or forty-seven minutes. He was about to go on Fox News, on television. He, he drives up. He's talking on his cell phone while doing a radio interview with me, about a little over a million listeners. And he's sitting in the makeup chair, getting makeup put on, and the and the uh, tech people are putting the mic on him. And I can hear all this mess going on. And uh, then all of a sudden, all of a sudden, he says, "Hey, Sean, I've got to pop smoke," which means. You know we've got to we've got to get out of here. It's a military term for getting out of here, and I got to pop smoke, and uh, off he went. And then two minutes later, he's on set with uh, Fox News. So it's kind of cool. I'm very fortunate to have people like that. Also, I want to tell you about a guy who was just on my show last week. So when you go to the theninjapastor.com, you go to uh, listen or blog. You can go to either one. Go to listen or blog, and that either one will have a link. Uh, a guy the Navy SEAL by the name of Andy Stumpf. Now Andy Stumpf is a retired Navy SEAL, DEVGRU or SEAL Team Six. Uh, most civilians know it as SEAL Team Six, but it's really called DEVGRU or Development Group. And he is a world record holder, world record holder. He, you ever see those wingsuits? You see those fellas jump out of airplanes or off of uh, buildings or, or uh, uh, mountains and stuff, and they fly? You know this long way? He flew 18 over 18 miles. Jumped out at just about 37,000 feet. You're going to hear his story on there. It's free to listen. doesn't cost you a thing at all. Uh, and while you're there, if you just put your email and your, uh, your name and your email address in, you get all kinds of notifications where I speak and what I'm going to talk about and shows and all that stuff. So I'm here to talk about Islam. By the way, we're broadcasting right now to the whole world. How cool is that? So we'll see if we can get a million listeners on this. Listening in to little, little old Dover, Delaware, right? Hey, no place like home. Hey, listen, hey, listen, listen. This is the 912 Patriots. This is uh, is that the full name, 912, 912 Delaware Patriots, and they they are awesome. Karen Gritton is the leader, and this place is packed, and that's awesome. Don't let me stop you from eating, but don't blame me if you get heartburn for what we're going to talk about. So Islam, it's not a religion. I need you to understand that. We need to do some baseline things, and we need to establish. Wait, wait, wait. Before I do that, my good friend, Senator Dave Lawson, is doing something. This guy, uh, retired Delaware State Trooper, he's now a senator uh, for this district. Great, great guy. They're raising money. They're doing a green tie affair, March 17th, uh, 630 to 10. The Outlook at the Duncan Center on uh, 500 West Lookerman Street in Dover. It benefits the Capitol Police, FOP Lodge 11, and Dover Police, FOP Lodge 15. Why is that important? Because Dover Police just, I was a police officer. Um, Dover Police just lost two fellas. They were best friends, all from high school on best friends, and they died together, sadly. Uh, Terrible, terrible tragedy. I don't know how many of you have heard of that. But it's just an awful, awful thing. And so Dave, God bless you, brother. Man, this this is a lucky district to have him. No doubt about it. So let's move on. Islam, it's not a religion. You hear this all the time, don't you? The religion of Islam. What are we hearing right now? We're hearing that Muslims are being, what's the D word? Discriminated against. Right? We're hearing that. We're hearing that, well, you can't be anti-immigration because that's just not right. And then you'll hear that's not what we're about in America. Well, I'm going to dispel that. Now, you've been told Islam was who, – who tells you that Islam is a religion, right? You hear that all the time from politicians, not Dave Lawson, because Dave Lawson knows the difference. But politicians like to throw around that it's a religion, that Islam is a religion. I'm here to tell you Islam is indeed not a religion. It is a religious, political, and military ideology it is absolutely i've studied islam since 1983 i've been up close and personal in the countries where it's practiced and where sharia is carried out i've seen beheadings from 10 yards away i've seen people lose their right hand and their left foot at the same time i've seen stonings i'm telling you islam is absolutely not a religion it is a religious political and military ideology now president barack hussein obama former president Oh, does that feel good to say. Who in here likes to hear the former before that? Amen. President Barack Hussein Obama and his onerous administration and the mainstream media love to tell you, love to shove down your throat that Islam is religion. Well, it's not. It bears remembering, and I think this is important, Barack Hussein Obama's father and stepfather were both born into an eager lifelong adherence to Islam despite them both violating Sharia in so many ways, you're going to hear about that tonight, and all of the tenets of Islam. Both his father and his stepfather violated Sharia and the tenets of Islam. You'll find out why that's important. Now, I need you to understand, Barack Obama, the son, 44th president of the United States of America, I believe with my whole heart, based on intensive research of not just me, but about 100 other experts, that Barack Hussein Obama was indeed, is indeed, a Muslim. There's something called taqiyah, lying for the advancement of Islam. Taqiyya, lying for the advancement of Islam. Lying doesn't just happen with words, right? It happens with behavior. It happens with conduct. It happens with actions, things that you do. So when you, when you are participating in takiya, you are not. it's not just the words that come out of your mouth. But it's the actions that you do. It's lying for the advancement of Islam. Now, you're going to hear apologists say to you very frequently, this is what we call Islam Apologism 101. Well, those people committing those terrible acts, they're not real Muslims. You'll hear them say, they're tools of the American government. You'll hear them say, it's a Zionist conspiracy, right? It's Jews' fault. It's Jews' fault. One of my doctorates is in theology with a focus on Hebrew worldview. I can tell you it's not the Jews' fault that Muslims all want to kill Jews. They'll say religion has nothing to do with it. It's just the actions of an angry bunch. Maybe they're mentally unstable. Well, you just don't understand politics. You've heard that. Well, you just, you know, you're stupid. The left is smart. They're smart, and we're dumb. What are we? Deplorables. I think I seem to remember somebody calling us that. Well, the media is lying. They're making it sound bad, but it's not as bad. There's not as much of this attack. I saw a guy on a, on a television interview the other day refuting the fact, and he was a politician in Congress, refuting the fact that there had been uh, Islamic attacks in the United States during President Barack Hussein Obama's tenure. He said there hasn't been. There hasn't been one attributable to Islam. Not one. Uh, Workplace violence, you know, uh, any other thing. Well, the guy was a little crazy. Well, he was frustrated. You hear the the Orlando thing, the new thing on the Orlando, uh, the the, the, uh, Pulse nightclub thing. Well, he was a frustrated gay person. But Christians and Jews were mean to him about being gay, so he couldn't come out. So this was a frustration. So he just killed 49 people. You know what? Christians kill too. Don't you love that? You love it when the crusades are brought up, right? They throw that in your face. Who were we fighting in the crusades? Muslims? And why were we fighting them? Because they were killing everybody. Why do you hate Muslims? This is what they'll say next. Why do you hate Muslims so much? You don't even know about Muslims. Do you even know a Muslim? I know a Muslim. Hey, I have a neighbor, very nice person. Uh, They're wonderful people. I've eaten in their house. They've eaten in mine. There, our kids play together. They're nice people. You're wrong about Muslims. You're just full of hate. And the tenth one, if that doesn't work, say it with me. It's an R word, racist. You're immediately a racist. Guess what Islam is not? It's not a race. So you can't be a racist if you don't like Islam. Look, I'm telling you, it's not, it's not the religion part of it that I don't like of Islam. It's the political and military ideology that follows it. The spread of Islam, you need to know, is not a new phenomenon. Ever since Muhammad's troops they fanned out from Mecca in the seventh century, so it's a long time. Islam has been, by its own intent, been spreading globally. Their intent is not just in their countries, right? You guys understand that. It's not just a. How many? How many realize that most of the? I'm doing air quotes, radio audience. Uh, let me do them bigger. How many of you realize that when the refugees leave Syria, and we'll just talk about Syrian refugees right now, when they leave Syria, what are they close to? What country? What almost 100% Muslim country? Saudi Arabia, where there's over a million tents ready to go, air-conditioned million tents, water, the whole bit. They got it all there. But as Islam spread in the Western Democracy. That's their goal. You see, that's why they skip over. Now, why doesn't Saudi Arabia want there? They, because they know they can't control these people. They can't control these people. These people go from killing. Have you noticed 18 to 34-year-old men? How many children do you see? You don't see very many. How many. Why aren't they home? If they're 18 to 34 years old, they all look like they're in pretty good shape, right? They all look like they've been carrying heavy sacks. I don't know, maybe bombs, guns, ammo packs. Maybe. Maybe they've been working out. War will get you in shape quick. Why don't they stay in their home and protect their family, stay in their home country, protect their family? But are they leaving the women and children there to fight for themselves? Because women and children are great fighters sometimes, but not in a big old war in a big old country like Syria. Well, see, here's the thing. You need to understand that this is not by accident. They don't come to Europe. They don't come to the United States by accident. We are their target. They want us so bad, and by "want us," I don't mean they want our political ideology. They don't want our religious ideology. They don't even want our military ideology. They laugh at us. They laugh at us. You know, at the airports. You know, uh, and I'm and I'm trying to have uh, Dr. Gorka on again. Hopefully, maybe tomorrow we'll see if he can do it. Uh, It's different now that he's the deputy assistant to the president to talk about the new executive order that just came out. Now, I'm going to tell you, in my opinion. There was nothing wrong with the first executive order. Well, I'm going to revise that. Let me go back a little bit, rewind the tape. The only thing wrong with it is it wasn't sweeping enough. But, you know, the lawyers were ready to go. They didn't even know what it said, but they knew they were going to fight it. So they went to court that day. There were protesters, air quotes again, at the airports within minutes with Real nice signs. How do these, how do these people – they must have got 100 in art class. They must have had a great art class teacher because these liberals can make signs faster than anything I ever saw. Now, don't spell check the signs because sometimes there's some egregious spelling, but we're not going to grade on that. Now, who leads the spread of Islam into Western countries? The biggest group that's behind that is the Muslim Brotherhood. You need to understand that there are people, very high up people in the Muslim Brotherhood in our government. Now, let me also say this. President Donald Trump is rooting them out day by day. Now, there are some other Islamic groups that that come out like they're nice people, sweet folk. Just love. We just just love all y'all. We just want to be friends together. I mean, we don't want to do anything you say. We don't want to learn English. Uh, you know, you're going to have to make allowances for us wherever we go, whatever we do. Okay, if we get a job, you know, because they like forty-seven thousand. Did you guys know they get forty-seven thousand dollars a year? All of these refugees get forty-seven thousand dollars a year, starting off. They never did a thing. Meanwhile, there are American veterans who are homeless. That, my friends, is sickening. I believe President Donald Trump is putting an end to that, even as we speak. Now, here's where it gets tricky. You might want to hug your friend that's never heard me speak before. Around, around, maybe hold their hand, pat them, something like that. Islam has targeted the United States and Western countries specifically because we have so many colleges, we have so many, so many secondary schools and elementary schools that have children now, American children putting on the hijab for a day to learn what it's like to be a muslim you need to understand what it's like we have teachers in this country who say that america isn't america anymore that's why that's why we demonstrate that's why we set fire to police cars that's why we throw things through windows that's why we now they call it peacefully demonstrate but that's about the least peaceful demonstration i've ever seen That's why we do it, because this is not the America we love. If I could make one of those signs and show it to them, I'd say, You are welcome to go to that Muslim country that that person is coming through on the aircraft that nobody knows anything about. You know, when you come from Syria, guess what you don't have? You have the shirt on your back, a backpack, and you have some sort of ID. Things are different there than they are here. So we don't know their background. We don't know if they're criminals. It could very well be. Another, uh, remember the Cuba, what do they call it? Uh, boat lift or whatever, what was it called? The, the, what, say it again, somebody louder? The Muriel Boat lift. We don't know anything about these people, nothing at all. They say the, left get on, the leftists get on television and then what do they say? We have the strictest vetting in the world. I have two words, maybe three San Bernardino shooter. She was a refugee. She's a woman. But she was a woman. Thank God she's not with us anymore. They target us. Why? They come to us as refugees. They target us because we're naive. Because the left has a stronghold on media. Even many churches, many of you probably go to churches where you hear, listen, folks, the godly thing to do, the Christ-like thing to do, is just open our arms and invite these people in. I say this to those pastors who are really abusing Scripture. How about they come to your home first? You just leave the door unlocked, tell them where you live, and we'll see how that works out. So we, the United States of America, we're a targeted society. Now, I want to tell you how they target us. How do they do it? How do they do it? Because we cannot argue they're successful. Hundreds of thousands of them have come through and been welcomed and invited. Welcomed and invited. This is how they do it, five phases. Maybe you'll recognize some of these. Phase one arrival, all they have to do is get here. When the first Muslims arrive in a Western democracy, they keep a poor victim refugee like demeanor. Right? They're all hunkered down. Oh, I'm so hungry. <laughs> you know? You hear about what happens in the camps in France and, and Belgium and uh, London and all these places and, and Greece. I have friends in Greece who tell me, Doc, they're, they're tearing this place apart. Italy. Have you heard about what's going on in Italy? Germany, good example. They're tearing the place apart. They they're, they abuse every kindness that they're given. But initially, they keep a low profile. They make few, if any, demands. We just want food. We just want a place to sleep. Help us, help us. We're just poor refugees. They don't make any demands of the host nation. Many Muslims... Now, this is what happens. People... You know, they hit me up all the time on my show, and they leave nasty comments. I'm now being followed by Media Matters, um, and so I've made it, apparently. So, and they threatened to protest this, by the way. They threatened to be here protesting, yeah. That's what they threatened. I said, you don't want to mess with this crowd. <laughs> that's, some folks, that's some folks got some weapons on them. They're, they're not afraid to use them. Many Muslims work quietly as students, business owners, professors, doctors, and other professionals. They make good first impressions, right? We're just a doctor. I'm just trying to heal people. Uh, I'm just a professor. I'm just trying to help educate people. But what they do when they do that is they gain vocational and community respect. Because what happens? Well, I know Muslims. They're nice people. I have Muslims. I work with A Muslim. Nice people. Do you know the San Bernardino shooters? The husband and wife had a little baby. Do you know how they furnished their, practically their whole home and their entire nursery and provided for their baby? The very people that they shot up had a baby shower when she was pregnant, Tashveen, when she was pregnant. They had a baby shower, and in that baby shower, they were so generous, they completely outfitted their entire nursery. In addition, they gave them so much money, they wouldn't have to buy formula or any of those other things, diapers and all that stuff, for a year. That's how generous the people that they murdered were. Did you know that? Those same people, if they were alive today, would say what? I work with Muslims. They're very nice, quiet, but nice. Right? They're regular people. I mean, she wears, you know, this thing on their head. But, hey, that's their culture. That's their culture. That's what they're about. So we have to be nice to them. We can't say mean things about Islam because that's generalizing. Well, let's move on to the next thing. Phase two, recognition. When a sufficient number of Muslims gather together, watch the television. Watch when there's crowds of Muslims together. What do they do? They immediately change demeanor. Once they gain a little bit of a majority in a crowd, not just in the country, but in a crowd, in a group, they request recognition of the Sharia law. Now, what they say is, hey, look, we're only doing this within our community. Just us right here. We're not doing it for the whole town, the whole county, just, just our little neighborhood. Because you know that's what we're used to. That's what we like. And you know what? It's going to make it easy on you and the law enforcement because we take care of the law enforcement. You won't need judges and all that stuff because we, we handle that. Folks won't do wrong stuff here. We'll t- we'll handle it. We want to be good neighbors. So how about let's do that? Now, to pre- preempt resistance and suspicions, they, though rarely, publicly condemn terrible acts by radicalized, they say sometimes, self-radical, well, the internet, the internet, that darn internet, that really does some bad stuff, like self-radicalize, you ever hear him say that? Well, he's just, it's a lone wolf, he's a lone wolf, he's self-radical, that darn internet, he got on that, then he got mad, you know, because we're such, you know, terrible people, we were so insensitive to their needs, so they got mad and they blew people up. Or they took their car and they drove over innocent children, some strollers, just drove right over them then put it in reverse and backed right over them. They very rarely do this. They very rarely publicly condemn radical Islam. But you remember when I started, I talked about takiya. Remember that when I talked about taqiyya? Lying for the advancement of Islam. It's not just words. It's also actions. So, what they do is they seek out uh, interfaith. This is ecumenical. How many of you ever heard ecumenical or interfaith? They'll say, We want to have an interfaith or ecumenical. How many know at the national prayer breakfast, not the national prayer breakfast, but the inaugural uh, church service, the Imam that spoke? You guys, did you guys see that on television? Wonderful event, right? Very classy, very elegant, very highbrow, very respectful. Do you know that he spoke a curse? on the people there, the non-Muslims there. He spoke a curse on it. That's not the first time that we've invited an imam to speak. How many have ever heard the term extortion 17? Have you ever heard that? United States helicopters, largest single-day loss of the United States Navy SEALs in the history of the Navy SEALs. 30, over 30 Navy SEALs plus a SEAL dog, a million-dollar dog, SEAL dog, were killed. There were seven Afghans who at the last second were put on that helicopter. Nobody knew who they were. They were just told they're going with you. They were shot down out of the air by a simple, rudimentary rocket. How was that possible? Because they were told, the uh, terrorists were told where they would be. But that's not the bad part. That's a horrible part, but that's not the worst part. The worst part is there's this thing in the military, especially among special forces, to have a ramp ceremony. They bring the bodies in flag draped caskets. And and they're there about to go on the aircraft, and they gather people together. Well, they thought the military leaders, including a Navy SEAL, a Navy – he's still a Navy SEAL, but an admiral. And he thought – Admiral McRaven. He thought it would be okay. You know what? There were seven Afghans lost on this aircraft. We need to be respectful to our host nation. What we need to do is allow an imam to speak a prayer and say a few words over the dead here because they lost a lot too. He commenced to speak over those dead bodies and some of the uh, parents of of the, the, the killed, the murdered were able to be there. Nobody spoke Arabic. Nobody spoke it. When we got the recording and we had a level five CIA interpreter, linguist, they're they're the head of top of the top. Listen to it, he began to cry. He put his hands in his head, and he said, oh, my God, oh, my God, oh, my God, what have they done? He spoke a curse upon not only the American soldiers that were there, condemning them to hell, but also their families. That happened again at the inaugural church service. Can you believe? What they do is they try to be interfaith. They try to be ecumenical. We're part of you. We're just part of you. Hard to believe, isn't it? It's just sickening. Yeah, we're not good learners. We learn slow. I think there's a faster learner in the office now. Now, what they do is they, they watch their dialogue and gatherings. They position Islam as a religion of peace whose Sharia law is not a threat to the host nation since it would never be applied outside the Muslim community. That's trick talk there. Why is that trick talk? Because the Muslim community, to a Muslim, it all belongs to them. They all claim it for Allah. There's not a bit of, of where they are that isn't theirs. Their claim is they will dominate America. They will hang the ISIS flag over the White House. I think it's time we start taking them seriously and react appropriately. Now, often Muslims are radically supported by the host nation's naive leaders. I talked about those a minute ago. And the leftists, who their whole life's goal is to be seen as progressive. It's like, a, I'm going to out-liberal you. Now, Ann Coulter, a friend of mine, said a long time ago, liberalism is a mental disease she's right isn't she the longer we go have you ever seen a whole group of people act more poorly than the left since donald trump got elected i'm here to tell you that's not as that's not as bad as it's going to get it's going to get much worse The media, college students, and leftist politicians, some of whom know Islam is not benign. They know it. They know enough of Islam to know that their interests are not peaceful. They know that they are dangerous. And many who are so intentionally misinformed regarding Islam, regarding our national sovereignty, greatest threats to America. Do you know any? Does anybody in here know anyone who is like that? They're ultra-left. You can't tell them anything. You're never going to convince them at all. You show... Say it again? You're part of the legislature, right. That's right. Part of that is true. Senator Lawson can, can give us a wave on that one. He can tell you that that's true. Here's the thing. Some are naive and some are intentionally. I call them homegrown terrorists. Now here's phase three, penetration. As soon as the Muslims gained critical mass in a few cities, they began to penetrate the host society. This is why that's important. They create an alphabet soup of organizations that represent the the listen we want to reach across to you from the muslim community to our host nation they don't call it that anymore because they say hey we're americans even though they're not these umbrella organizations that say they represent the best interests of both parties then they use them they gain size and then they use them to lobby the government they use them to conduct pro-muslim politi- you know uh, political campaigns to run muslim politicians for us and i'll tell you how that's—I'll give you an example of that in a second. They conduct public relations campaigns. They file lawsuits against alleged Islamophobia. How many know that 94% of all claims, hate crimes against Muslims, are committed by Muslims to make it look like 94? Do you ever hear the correction in the in the uh, paper or on the news where they say, you know, we said that these Jewish uh, cemeteries, the 300 stones that were pushed over, in the Nazi things, we said. that 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 was just like a Christian being mad. Turns out it was a Muslim. Immigrant. Illegal. The swastikas painted on uh, garage doors, uh, bricks thrown through windows, fires set to people's homes, all these things with anti-Islam writings and intent. 94% of the time, those are conducted. Those acts are carried out by Muslims. You never hear that on news, do you? So penetration. As soon as they can penetrate the host society, uh, they, this is what they do. Now, this is the worst part to me. Uh, I talked about this on my radio show. It really makes me mad. They the other thing that they do is they post they post Muslim chaplains in the Army, Navy, Air Force, Marines, and Coast Guard. Did you know that? Did you know that there are there are chaplains who are Muslims? Did you know that a Muslim cannot take the oath because of Islamic law? They cannot take an oath to a constitution because that's done by man, not by God, not by Allah. They can't swear an oath. They can't swear to protect this nation from all enemies, foreign and domestic. They can't do it by their own. So that's called takiyah, by word and by action. Now here's what happens next. I'm sure you're going to start to recognize some of these things. By the way, but just not for nothing, but these same uh, Muslim chaplains in our military, they can proselytize. But did you know that a Christian a Christian chaplain in our major armed forces cannot speak the name of Christ? They can't ask a fellow who is mortally wounded, do you know Jesus? They're not allowed to do that makes me sick. Where else do they do it? They, uh, they, they, put, they endow Islamic studies departments at major universities. They pressure public schools of all levels uh, to have accommodations for Muslim students to pray toward Mecca. So what do they have to do? They have to create a room that non-Muslims don't touch, special rugs, has to be facing a certain direction, can't be, can't be within a certain distance from the restrooms. They have to provide that. Do you know that airports now are doing that? Orlando International Airport just spent $750,000 to accommodate Muslims, so if they happen to be traveling through, they can pray in their own kind of place. Now, I said that they use uh, politicians. They infuse uh, political candidates into the political process at all levels. We say, well, that's probably just for lower things like dog catcher and all that. No. In 2006, Keith Ellison of Minnesota became the first Muslim elected to the United States Congress. This is what he said. Now, this is once he got elected. He's talking to all Muslim audience here. You can't back down. You can't chicken out. You can't be afraid. You've got to have faith in Allah, and you've got to stand up and be a real Muslim. Now, while he was campaigning, he didn't say much about his Muslim faith. He went on to tell his Islamic audience, we're going to continue to face them. Who's them? They're not going to stop right away. But if you and me, too, if we stick together, if we believe in Allah, subhanahu, Wat Allah, if we turn to the Quran for guidance, we'll find an answer to the questions we have. This is the next thing they do. Confrontation. They've been sweet. They've been wanting to reach across to us and be partners with us, be friends. But now confrontation happens because they've got the numbers. When the Muslims become a significant minority in the host country, they demand incorporating into its legal system the elements of Sharia law. Often this demand is made while rogue elements of the Muslim community threaten violence. They scare the populace. This is, this is exactly what happened in London. Now London happens to be the first major European city to have a Muslim mayor. And guess what? First order of business is allowing Sharia to be delivered and enforced within London. Now here's phase five. Phase five. When the Muslim population becomes a majority and or Islam gains control of a nation, example would be Afghanistan. Sharia law is imposed on the host society, which is then locked down against non-Islamic influences, including Christianity. The ideal Islamic state is Saudi Arabia. right? That's, that's the birthplace, allegedly, of Muhammad. This is where Sharia law is the only law of the land. It's, that's it. They don't have two courts. They have one. Islamic sharia law and it's enforced with medieval brutality. Now, sharia, there's a lot of different spellings of it. Sometimes it has an h on the end, sometimes there's a little apostrophe, but these are based on the actions and words of Muhammad, which are called the sunnah and the Quran, which he allegedly dictated. Actually, it was his crazy wife, he was kind of off the wall, his wife dictated it because she thought this would be a good way to, you know, improve her life. But not for nothing. Sharia law itself cannot be altered, but the interpretation of Sharia law, called the fee, by imams is given some latitude. Now, as a legal system, Sharia law is exceptionally broad. It's going to blow your mind. While other legal codes, they regulate your public life, right? They regulate what you do in public, for the most part. Sharia law regulates public life, private life, private behavior, and even your thoughts your private beliefs and thoughts, Sharia law reaches that far. Now, you say, well, I'm not Muslim, it doesn't affect me. If Sharia law is put into place in any part of the United States of America, guess what? That affects you. Of all legal systems in the world today, Sharia law is the most intrusive, it's the most restrictive, and it is especially so against women. Now, if you don't believe me, I'm going to give you a little short list here. This is for fun. You might want to hug your, your friend that's never heard me speak before, a little tighter now. Now, this, is, this will make it clear why they're not compatible at all. With Western cultures, can't have music with instruments. Can't have un-Islamic decor. In fact, this would violate statues, toys, anything re- resembling a living thing. Can't have that. Drawing and art for anything that resembles a human. Did you know that Muslims can't draw or paint anything that resembles a human because that's putting it above Allah? Eating pork, I kid you not, and monkeys. Why? Why not monkeys? Because according to Islam, monkeys are Jews. They're related to Jews. This is what they believe. Kid you not. Drinking alcohol. Have you ever, have you ever seen a, uh, a liquor store that the guy behind the counter is a, is a Muslim? Isn't that funny? Gambling. <clears throat> Adoption in any form. You cannot adopt a child in Islam. They'll walk past the kid that's, that's starving to death because you can't adopt a child in Islam. Playing dice or anything that depends on luck as it goes against Allah's predetermined fate. Playing anything that results in winning a cash prize. <coughs> now, at those same places maybe a convenience store. Let me take a drink here. Mm, Birch beer, drink of champions. You seen those you've seen those lottery machines, you know, it's, it's a it's a it's a Muslim business person that runs a business Muslim business. They have a lottery machine. But they can't play the lottery, because that's a game of chance. And it results in winning a cash prize. Now, that's just funny to me. Interest in debt. Only interest-free loans are allowed, Muslim to Muslim. Reading and writing anything that goes outside the realm of Islam. So in other words, they can't do those video games. I don't play them, but those fantasy video games, even World at War and these things on television. You ever see these things? Arnold Schwarzenegger does a little ad about, you know, you can't even play that. It's a fantasy thing can't do that I don't think they're good anyway to be very honest with you but uh let me give you some more here just for fun I know we're probably running out of time here uh okay here we go. <laughs> I'm sorry it's just funny to me masturbation by the way punishable by death now I don't know how they know I swear that's true I can't say that one. That's not to a mixed crowd. Poetry. Did you know poetry is illegal in Islam according to Sharia law? Did you know that? Did you guys know that? Poetry is illegal. If it rhymes, you may die. Owning any pet other than a cat. This could be funny for you. This is because one of Muhammad's friends had cats, and he was called Abu Huraya which means the father of kittens, whatever, can't dance. Non-Islamic culture, wearing jeans and T-shirts, casual things. Subculture, Uh, punk, metal, goth, things like that. Remember what the uh, hijackers of 9-11 were wearing? Jeans, T-shirts. I guess if you're going to die, if you're going to bring a plane down with a bunch of Americans and put it into a building and kill a bunch of Americans, it's all good. It's all good. You got to be, what did somebody say? Might as well be comfortable. Now, I don't want to, you know, you guys are eating. Eating or washing your left, your left hand. You guys know why, right? You guys know this, right? Left hand, that's one purpose. Can you explain it? Kind of gross. Imitating non-Muslims. Now, how might that happen? Plucking your eyebrows. Or beautifying yourself, putting on a little makeup. Um, I, I have to say, some of these. Now I'm realizing now, how old are these? Are you guys as old as you look? Thank God. I don't want anybody to get mad at me. Parents are like, he was saying bad things. I didn't want to grab my kid. Uh, I don't blame you. Uh, let's see here. I'll skip ahead here a little bit. Tattoos. How many here have tattoos? I don't have tattoos because I'm not cool enough to pull it off cool enough, I I would. I I would. I think I I I would have one. I'd have a lion. My uh, trademark thing is a lion, but I don't think I can pull that off.